check out our friends at Linguistity Gifts. Linguistity Gifts is a metaphysical store offering natural gemstone bead bracelets, signature and zodiac, designed and made in the United States, as well as raw and polished stones, crystal balls, pendulums, tarot cards, natural crystal points, wands, and so much more. Their beautiful signature design bracelets can aid with creativity, balance, focus, and well-being. They can even customize the bracelets for you. Just send them an email to find out pricing and availability. Visit their website using the link in the description or visit linguistitygifts.com and use coupon code FKN to get 10% off your first order over $20. And right now they are offering $5 off the purchase of two or more bracelets. Linguistitygifts.com Welcome back to Forbidden Knowledge News. I'm your host, Chris Matthew. Tonight, I want to welcome back to the show, host of The Steiger Perspective, founder of 60 Seconds for Humanity, and our favorite philosopher, Wayne Steiger. How are you doing tonight, Wayne? Well, doing well. Thank you for having me back on, Chris. How are you? Oh, I'm good. I want to thank you again for joining us. It's always a pleasure. Always have a great conversation. And you have been on a few times, um, but uh, you know, I've got some new subscribers since then. So just give us a brief bit about what brought you down your current path. Yeah, I think, you know, <clears throat> I was uh, much like everybody else. Um, everyone wants success. You know, that's how you look at life. Um, and mine was in that course. I had a course planned out and, you know, went that way was, you know, devout Christian, or at least that's what I, you know, proclaim like everybody else. And then, um, <clears throat> I don't know, I, it, it began, I guess, for myself back in the early nineties for myself as things begin, well, this beginning, they did not add up. Uh, they were more, well, let's say, ambiguous in the structure. Long story short, after the new millennium, uh, things just began to accelerate. And I don't know, I call it coming out of the God spell. And I suddenly realized that I had spent the majority of my life energy pursuing worthless pursuits. Um, you know, Wealth, money, status, social, uh, it's what everyone strives for. And I think I just got fortunate enough that was woke up, um, realized that Christianity was a false religion. And when, when you have basically that safety net, because that's what religion does for you, it's a safety net. You know, if everything else goes to hell in the handbasket, it doesn't matter. I got my religion. And, you know, when you don't have that, you know, then all of a sudden the trap door opens and you go, oh, crap. Um, so it causes you to really begin to seek out, well, well, then what is the purpose? What is your purpose? Why are you here? Um, how is this all related? For what purpose? You know, and I tell people today, you know, it's, they say, well, do you believe in God? And I said, well, I both don't believe in God, and I both believe in God. I believe that there is something above God. All gods are a man construct, and I contend that if there is a God that, you know, it, out of my religion, well, they have, they've been really scarce, particularly the last 2,000 years. No evidence. So, I have pursued the one thing that I think most people fear, Chris, death. And so when you don't have the religion anymore for guidelines, you have to begin to look at it. As I tell people, no one gets out of this life alive. It just doesn't happen. Right. And so we all are hoping that there's a transmutation of consciousness of our memories, our existence into something else. 
And that's what I've dedicated my life to now. So that brings us perfectly into one of the first things I want to talk about. Um, what are we here for? In your experience, I mean, are, is this some kind of, you know, training ground for the next level? I mean, are we just some sick experiment for some alien species? Are we just a hologram? Are we projecting everything as we go? Are we creating our own reality? I mean, what do you think is really going on with our existence here? So I've been reading uh, some great books you just bring up. The Holographic Universe uh, by Michael Tablet. Pa Talbot is a required reading, I think, for everyone. And, you know, uh, Michael Newton, Dr. Newton's book, uh, The Journey of the Souls, is another one. And I'm, com I, I'm conflicted in both of the aspects. Number one, I think we do live in a hologram. I think we live in the idea or the thought of something greater than ourselves. Um, it comes into that whole question, all right, so do you believe in prophecy? You know, that's, I used to. Well, then that lends itself to predestination. And if you believe in predestination, then really free will has very little to play in it because ultimately the predestination of destiny will be played out. And that is a matrix. That is what a matrix is. And I don't like that. I don't like that construct. I don't like the idea either of somehow another coming back over and over again to somehow learn some sort of, uh, you know, karmic uh, lesson. You know, I, I don't like, I, I, I have a problem with that. But Chris, I also have a problem with the fact that one lifetime is not enough. It's just not enough. Um, so what is the purpose? You know, the, the thing that I challenge all of my listeners to is to answer the following question. Where does your thought originate from? Right. Where does your thought? I mean, let me ask yeah. you. Where does your thought originate does that create consciousness or does consciousness create what, you know, we manifest? Recently, uh, there was in uh, Physicians, um, I forget which um, magazine it was in, but they have made a breakthrough in more understanding of the brain itself. And it appears that our brain actually exists in multiple dimensions. Now, that brings on a whole lot of interesting things. The brain, you know, the very basic rudiment of our brain is the reptilian stem. And then you get into the hippocampus, and then you get into the lobes. And um, when you look at the, the pineal gland, I contend that if consciousness exists in a tangible manifestation, which would be our brain. That brain is emitting an electrical signal. I think it's 4.8 amps. Um, we know that the neurons in our brains are actually surrounded by electromagnetic fields. So each thought that is generated is transformed to the nuclei of this neuron, which is quite fascinating when you look at the structure of them. And then to know that these neurons interact only to a destination that they are designed for, and all the other trillions of neurons that they meet, they reject until it hits to the right point. And, and the question becomes, so does spirit soul. Is that what we define consciousness as? Is that the soul? Is that the spirit essence of what makes you, Chris, you, me, myself? The thing, the reality is, is that you and I do not exist in the same reality. We share a like reality, but I can never occupy your space and you can never occupy mine. And being attached to our body, 
um, there's so many things that our consciousness can do for our bodies that ancients have tapped into that we have long since lost. And it seems like, um, you know, they're, you know, those in power are trying to suppress those natural abilities that consciousness has to give us. Yeah. And, and to amplify your point, here's the thing that I challenge all people with is that if you pray, a lot of people do. I used to. I still meditate now. What you're doing is simply practicing telepathic communication. And there's no other way to answer that. You can't refute me on this. And if you think you're hearing from God, then guess what? You've connected to a greater consciousness that now the two of you are communicating telepathically. Well, that, that brings us to the spirit world. It brings us to communication with something other than humans, possibly, um, whether it be interdimensional beings or another version of humanity. Um, whether the ancients really were communicating, they believed it. Uh, some of our people in power today believe in this. So there has got to be something to a communication with a spirit world. I absolutely agree with you. I am reading this book called Multidimensional Man uh, by Jurgen uh, Zewi, and it's a fascinating um, book. Uh, he really gets into a lot of what the journey of the souls. You know, I used to be afraid of death. <clears throat> Most people are. My wife. Uh, works in the medical industry, and in her field, um, a lot of people pass on. And there is a syndrome that virtually I can tell you most of your listeners will most likely encounter unless they get over it. Um, it's called the death syndrome. And this is what happens to people because they're so afraid of dying that they become into an agitated state. Their spirit literally becomes agitated to where it affects the physical body. And what they have to do is basically give drugs to quiet that person's mind down so that the separation process can take place. Um, so spirits, do they exist? Well, I think you have to get into this whole thing uh, once I began to face death and look at it, if death exists, in which it obviously does, because that's how we're getting out, um, death has to be alive. Do you think about that? I mean, if it's a spirit of death, then that spirit is alive. It can't be dead. So uh, I, particularly in the Western uh culture and civilization, we're taught to fear death. Uh, from the minute you're born to the minute you get to your grave, you're, you're, you're taught to fear that because in essence, what it's saying is that you're not going to exist after that. And that's why when I, you and I first started talking about the whole process, is consciousness transmuted at death? I don't know. Um, now, I contend that there are spirits. I, I believe that we all have spirit guides. We're on a journey. And, you know, reality, Chris, is based upon five inputs. Three are chemical, two are electrical. And that's what we sense with everything of reality of our brains. We sense the chemical around us. That inputs what we consider to be taste. Uh, etc. And then you look at the electrical input, which is thought, sight. Um, that's what reality is. Now, earlier you were talking about um, how you don't want to be basically recycled. You don't want to come back or, you know, reincarnation. What are your thoughts on that? Do you think that our consciousness is basically placed back here until we learn what we're supposed to learn in this life? 
Well, according to Dr. Newton, and he has, you know, 30 plus years of his practice in doing what they call a regression hypnosis. And in this book here, he gives 30 uh, different case histories, people who did not know each other, not even anything close. But the uncanny thing is, is that they all reported virtually the same thing. So this gets a little weird. Um, what's going on here? Now, they contend that when we leave our bodies, uh, we are in a state of shock, the same way that we were in a state of shock when we're born. You can only be born once. Uh, you cannot endure the experience of what we call the human birth process. It'll kill you. Um, so. They, when, when you depart your body, and sometimes um, people have that fear is so embedded that it literally um, freezes their spirits when they depart the body. And it takes them sometimes a while to begin to accept it. Now, they, there's others who they say are old souls that are about to get promotion. Um, apparently the progression is, is that there is a progression. I'm a teacher. That's what I have always been, apparently. And now, according to these different patients, when you get there, there is a pool that begins that they say is it, it comes from almost like here. And it pulls you. There's an energy force. And it's one that once you tap into it, they say that it's the most peaceful thing. It, it, it's many of them describe it as like a warm blanket coming out of the uh, the dryer, um, and that we go back and we're actually all part of tribes. There's no more than twenty in a tribe or a pod, um, and each pod or tribe has t a teacher. And as we go through these life regressions, it is a, uh, our progressions. It's apparently our choice. But you have to do it in order to progress. Now, that's what this says. And there's a lot more to it. Um, there is no God in the sense of what the Judeo Christian or the Islamic or the Vedic um, projections of what God or gods are. Uh, there is something that permeates everything in the spirit realm. It's everywhere. Everyone knows it. Everyone is aware of it. Uh, there is apparently a higher council. Each of us uh, apparently do go before and give an accounting, but it's not a prosecutorial. Uh, procedure. It's actually one that they say is interactive and engaging. Well, look at this situation that you faced in your life. Why did you make those decisions when you knew that you had ultimate other choices? Why did you choose that particular path? Those are the type of uh, things. Um, the whole thing of what they say about karma is not what is there. Um, there is nothing that's transferable. There are those spirits, they say that they become contaminated and they have to be segregated from the other souls. And they're kind of put into a place um, much too akin to what they created here. And we're talking about murderers, we're talking about those who find cruelty, um, they go into what they call an extensive rehab program is basically what it is. So that's one thought. Now you, you read Zawi's book and I've experienced myself through the use of LSD back in the seventies of astral projection, uh, got very good at that. And I saw a different type of realm. I, I saw a realm where there were many spirits um, 
various sizes, various looks. Um, but I do know that there is something that's tangible and real. So I, 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 I sorry for taking up the time, but that kind of gives you the concentric view of what there seems to be awaiting all of us. I don't know. Well, let's take that a little bit deeper now. Um, going beyond the spirit world, what about entities that may have always been here? Archonic entities, or what some may call demonic entities. Um, you know, entities of nature or something that is beyond our dimension that may have always been around and could possibly be influencing humanity. What can we do to fight back against big pharma and the compromised medical industry? We can become healthy and break free from the perpetual cycle of being poisoned by criminal organizations like most pharmaceutical companies. Come check out what may be the most powerful antioxidant known to man, C60 Purple Power. The benefits of C60 have been personally outstanding. I use it every day and I feel incredible. I have tons of energy, I sleep great, and I haven't even come down with a cold since I started using C60 over two years ago. You can even get C60 for your pets. Do your own research, click the link in the description, and check out their website. If you order from that link or use coupon code KNOWLEDGE10, you get 10% off your order plus free shipping. What is your health worth to you? It's interesting, F. Paul Wilson, uh, great, great um, science fiction writer. He has a book called Night World. I, I recommend it. Um, but in his books, he describes what he calls the otherness. This is a consciousness that they're indifferent. They really don't care. Um, humanity, its consciousness, its essence, its energy is something to be prized. But it's like, all right, if they get you, fine. If it gets you, fine. And that kind of puts us into a whole plane. I contend, Chris, no matter the greatest philosophers, the greatest um, Christ-conscious Buddhas, whatever you want to say that have been here, um, I don't even think they broached what is still yet for us to even conceive. I agree with you. I think there is something. I think, Chris, that it's not good and evil. That is so finite. If that's where people's whole construct of their reality is predicated on, good, evil, yeah, you know, you're going to be the, the hubris all over. You're going to be in a continual, you're going to be eating your own tail. That's what it's going to be. Um, that's insanity. And isn't, isn't insanity defined uh, an experiment that you'd continue to do the same experiment over and over again expecting a different result? Right. Well, then where does reincarnation? There was a, a guy, and I believe it was at Caltech, did a, uh, a calculation experiment, and he said, well, let's just go back, and if you take the Adam and Eve story, right? Now, no one does, but you have to go with some baseline. Um, where the hell did all the souls come from? <laughs> I mean, <Nice>. Seriously. <laughs> I mean, they're coming in the back door somewhere. I mean, come on, you know. Um, so something's going on here. I mean, are we being set up? Not set up, that's the wrong word. Are we anticipating something on a cosmic scale that you have to have gone through this process in order to absorb or to be able to move forward? I don't know. That's very interesting. And, you know, you mentioned it earlier, one of the things, the hugest things that holds everybody back as a planet is religion. Um, I believe that it was created to um, 
enslave and keep us uh, separate and at war. Because um, to me, if there is a deity that requires worship, that's just a big red flag there. <laughs> to me, I, I don't see why if it has infinite love that it would require your worship. And, you know, what, what are your thoughts on that? Oh, you know, so I was a devoted Christian. I mean, I was one of those people that supported Kenneth Copeland. I was in the Word of Faith uh, cult, is what I would call it. Um, so I believed in this Old Testament God that, uh, and, we, and it never was explained how it left one covenant and then started another new covenant, but that's where I believed it. And when I finally realized that, A, the story of the Christ crucifixion never happened, it, it's, you know, I, we can go into that in death, but here's the problem. So we have right by this, this, you see this plaque right here? This plaque right here is 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 8. You know why I have it up there? Because if I ever meet the God that that wrote, that's a God I can dig. I tell people, there isn't a God I've met in this world that I like. How, how can I uh, uh, so-called worship a God that I don't even like? And this, this Christian God? Well, that's the problem. The Christians never had a God. They had to steal a God from a conquered people that, you know, were... Listen, the Hebrew God was not the God of the world. That At the same time that the Hebrews were coming about, we had the Samaritan gods. But no one wants to talk about that. So where did this Hebrew God come from? And what made him suddenly the, the cat who gives Ten Commandments, who says, Thou shalt not kill? But yet, in the very next book, he's commanding these Hebrews to commit genocide, to cut fetuses out of pregnant women's bodies and to crush the skulls and 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 and, and it gets even worse than that then and you are reading the book of Deuteronomy it's there um in Exodus is that then the women the young girls they're sold into the sex slavery to satisfy the lust of the Hebrew soldiers this is a hell of a loving god and somehow or another, we make this freaking miraculous jump to this some alien hybrid that supposedly rapes a 12-year-old girl, inseminates her with alien DNA that produces a hybrid human that somehow or another is supposed to deliver us from what? I don't know, but claims to be the direct descendants of this Hebrew god. No. Yeah, uh, it, it does seem that there's two different gods that we're dealing with between the Old and New Testament. Um, there's just so much, I mean, war. Um, he would, you know, a god that would command war or for you to kill somebody or, or any kind of death, it doesn't make sense that that is, would be a loving creator. No. No, no and, I mean. Go ahead. Now, I was going to, you know, in the dedication of Solomon's temple, they slaughtered bulls, rams, goats, lambs. They said for eight days straight that the blood flowed out of the temple into the streets. Now, I never saw that when I was in that religion. Communion is nothing more than symbolism for cannibalism. I mean, it really is. You can give me all the uh, esoteric teachings behind it. I get it. But let's get real serious about that's what it is. So I don't dig any God that requires a blood sacrifice, me drinking blood. Uh, no, I renounced that God. I renounced this Jesus character because um, it never existed. You know, and here's my challenge to your listeners who are Christians. So here is three questions I ask. Number one, which genius, that's G-N-U-S, 
of man, homo, sinned against God? Was it Neanderthal, Cro-Magna, Denison, Sapiens, Sapiens? Which one? All right. Now, let's continue. So the next question, so God is a Christian? Yes, no. The next one, the ambiguity of the supposed Savior, the true name of the Christ. You know, it's real interesting. In the Gospel of John, they go to great lengths while this fictitious person, as they painted the scene, and actually it's Francis Bacon who really did the job, did a great job on it, but I digress, of a, a supposed crucifixion. And at the moment of departure of death, the individual on this torture uh, chamber uh, rack uh, says in the Hebrew tongue, you know, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken? They did it from the English to the Hebrew. But yet, prior to that, one chapter prior to that, supposedly Pontius Pilate had them put above the cross the three names of this Messiah. What are those three names? They don't exist. They're not in the book. Wouldn't that clear up all the ambiguity, all the arguments? And here's what the bottom line of it is, Chris. Man, Homo sapiens sapiens, are the only species that does not know the moment of our creation, the moment we came into existence. And I contend it's because of this amnesia that all religion has been founded on. If we knew our true origins, there would be no need for religion, period. Well, there would be no need for a lot of things. I mean, it would change... It would change our whole reality if we actually knew what we are, where we came from. Um, I have an interview tomorrow with uh, Dr. Lorraine Day. I'm not sure if you are familiar with her. She cured herself of cancer, um, and she helps others, but she just does it with her diet and positive. Mm -hmm. She she cured herself basically with her with her diet and her her, her uh, power of thought. Um, and anybody can do this. Yep. We can do this for ourselves, but they don't want us doing this because they want us sick. They want us not paying attention to what's going on. They want us wrapped up in our phones and the technology and the newest stupid shows that are on TV. Because if we had this ability to heal ourselves and, you know, the, the probable free energy that we could have, all these things, you know, it, it, would, ruin, it would ruin the world for the ones in control. You know, we live, uh, I, I, on my channel, we're going through um, magic, teaching the whole science of magic. Magic in the or literal translations was called science. But anyway, so the conundrum we have here is us, us homo sapiens, sapiens. Um, when they did the Human Genome Project 1, that was a radical the church still hasn't addressed it don't want to because when the human genome was mapped out we found out something about us we're hybrids there is no such thing as a true human being um they still you know no one likes the fact that we may have come from ape man man that was ape uh but yet no one wants to explain how you get the rhesus hemoglobin in our blood. How did that get there? It's in us. It's not. And then to make it stranger, nearly, and, and we thought initially it was a smaller percentage, it's nearly 7% of this foreign DNA that they don't know where it comes from. You call it junk DNA? Yeah. And now they're finding the interesting thing about the junk DNA, they're doing the human genome project too, the mitochondrial DNA, the feminine. Holy crap, this supposed junk DNA, something ain't right, man. Somebody came into the kitchen and snuck something into the recipe. 
Yeah, and I, I, you know, I know they know this, and I think that's why they're spraying what they spray in the air. I think that's why they're putting what they put in the food. Um, we can't eat healthy anymore. It, it's almost impossible. Everything is contaminated. Um, it's very hard to find anything natural nowadays. They don't want us accessing our natural abilities and powers. And yes, magic is real, and we have the ability to tap into it because it's part of our universe, but they don't want us doing that. No, and you know, the, the thing that you bring up, so I was really a guy that, you know, I, I have an identic memory, so I see, I, I remember everything that I read, and so I knew the Bible, frontward and backwards, and I knew about faith. If there's one thing that I took from my religion was I knew the power of faith individually. Um, many stories uh, I've read of people who, in the book of Proverbs, it says, laughter doeth the heart as a good medicine. I have read accounts of individuals who had basically a death sentence uh, on their heart muscle. They had such advanced coronary disease that uh, on two occasions, they absolutely laughed themselves to a new heart. Now, how does the body regenerate organs? But we're finding out now that in our genetic code, we have the ability to do that. Yeah. It's I mean, you know, let me, I'll share another story. So I worked these uh, camp meetings and crusades, uh, like I said, with Kenneth Copeland, uh, some with other evangelists, and we would have healing services. And, um, you know, particularly when you have someone, uh, you know, an evangelist that's coming through, you know, there's this number I can mention. but. So uh, with Kenneth Copeland Crusades, Saturday morning was healing school. And I could tell you, Chris, people with cancer, I mean, every disease you can imagine. Um, if you ever were at an Earl Roberts camp meeting, you'd see this, and I, I was. The thing that the reason why those people got healed wasn't the fact that it was in the name of Jesus. Wasn't the fact of the guy laying hands on you. It was that those people came ready to receive. Their faith was already, as far as they were concerned, all they needed was that point of contact, and they were going to get healed. It was already a foregone conclusion. You could have had Mickey Mouse up there. And it would have produced the same results. That's the amazing thing we have about these bodies. This, bond, this brain, this mind um, can heal these bodies. So you're right. They don't want people to know that. No, and then the saddest part is uh, the doctors are ruled by the pharmaceutical companies. <sighs> And, you know, you, you can't get there. They're not going to stand up for what's right. So, unfortunately, you have to do your own research and heal yourself because you can't, you know, you can't expect the doctor to do it because every doctor, I, at least I've come across, seems to be corrupt. Seven out of ten of Americans are on a prescription. Seven out of ten. Uh, we have so many um, antidepressants, antipsychotic antidepressants that our population has been prescribed that we've contaminated the drinking water. We have so much estrogen that we've put into these prescriptions as well. Now, here's the strange thing that you don't, people don't stop and think about it. Every pill that you take is a chemical compound designed to alter the natural enzymes, acids that you have, proteins in your body. Now, I find it interesting that when you look at the mentally insane, that what they have found is by altering chemical balances within the brain itself, that it shuts down what I call these portals. 
the voices, the, you know, the odd the physical behavior, etc. No different than the healing services. It's the same principle. So you think that it, it could be possible that people that were hearing voices, you know, it may not mean that they're necessarily crazy. But they no, no. Uh, I, I contend the Bicentennial Mind, it's a great book to read, by the way. Um, this guy's uh, whole theory was this. If spirits exist, then their existence is only a minute variation of energy, internal time. You and I, everyone else in this reality, the one thing that we do have common, it's almost like we've been tagged, is that we all generate this same time code frequency. It's what causes us to exist here. Now, you alter that time code forward or backward, speed it up, slow it down, you phase out of this reality. Now, that gets into a very interesting thing then. If one of my favorite philosophers of the first century was Philo. Philo, in his writings, uh, Moses and the Cosmos, wrote that God is a God of creation. It's not a God of waste. And that if there is a God that is creating all the time, there cannot be one space, as he said, one cubit, that would not have a life form in it. The Indians, Native Americans, believe that the trees have spirits. In fact, many cultures do. Uh, that spirits inhabit forced. Um, we can just go on and on. Um, <clears throat> yeah, so I contend this does happen. It is real. Uh, as I've been teaching people on sigils, Chris, we live in a world of sigils. Every car manufacturer has a sigil on it. Every corporation has a sigil. Every government has a sigil. Every religion has a sigil. And I, I'm becoming more aware we really do live in Alice in Wonderland. We live in a world of magic. It's all hidden in plain sight. And um, I don't know if you've noticed, but I've noticed a lot more TV shows, movies, uh, occult-based. Uh, uh, they're, they're, they're pushing um, witchcraft, uh, yep. more occult shows like that. I've noticed that a lot lately. Um, I don't know if it's some sort of preparation, um, but there, there's a lot other stuff going on, too, that I'd like to talk about. But have you noticed that? Yeah, I, I tell you, I, there's, there was an article out today that said that more people are replacing God with E.T., with aliens. Now, that is very interesting. And the problem is, is that the religions themselves are their worst enemies. You know, I, I tell people, you know why I left Christianity? It failed the background check. I put the resume and, and started looking at the references. They weren't matching up. And that's the problem. It's framed. It's just like the Pope today. Changes the Lord's Prayer. Yeah, I saw that. I don't know. What's the matter, Pope? 2,000 years isn't enough to figure it out that, oh, now we're going to get the real intent? Well, then what the hell have we been reading? And why? Because they screwed up. And, Chris, here's the thing. What Christians don't realize, I never realized, there were four other gods they tried in Christianity in the early days. Really? Bacchus, Dionysus, and uh, one other guy. They failed. It didn't have anything. The, the problem was, just like we now discovered, well, there's two different gods here that you're talking about. You know, you, 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 you got this one, that God that says he's jealous and vengeful. Now you got this one with this cat walking around saying that he represents the Father. Well, you know, the Father was never part of Judaism. So 
Where the hell did Father come from? You know where it came from? It came from Gnosticism. It came from the Hellenistic influences. And take baptism. Where did baptism ever become part of Judaism? Then you're telling me you're opening the story with some guy called John the Baptist? You know what they would have done with him? They just stone him. He would have been considered a heretic. Calling God Father? There's no such thing in the Judaic mind frame. But we bought it. And all it's done is separate us. It's caused more people to die. <sighs> you know, you said something earlier when we started on this. If we didn't have religion, I dare say that man would be far more advanced in his consciousness of development than what we could ever begin. I think that we would have broken the need for what I call the spoken language. It does why? seem that uh, we had a much more effective way of communicating through symbols in ancient times because they could hold so many different meanings if you knew how to look at it in the right way. Oh, Chris, spot on. You know, as, I, as I've done my study, and you start studying in Kabbalistic um, mythology on, on the Judaism side, um, Moses, do you know what the true, what Moses literally translates? Magi, magician. So Moses, which is Moshi, means magician. Well, if you follow the story, well, that would make sense. If he was considered to be Pharaoh's son, he would have been, and he went into what we would call the ministry, the temple priest. He learned the ancient knowledge. We call it magic. They say that what Moshe did with Abenezer was that they were able to open up portals by rearranging the sigils of a certain language. And by placing these sigils in a certain way, it invoked these spirits. Now, there is one theory that says out there that that's exactly what Tutmos, who would have been, in fact, Pharaoh's son, the, the half-son, uh, that's exactly what he did, that what he stole from Pharaoh's temple was the most powerful of the ability to pull in manifestations of deities from different planes. And it is said that this deity that uh, Tutmos, Moses, called out is what we get the story of the crossing of the Red Sea, et cetera, et cetera. Very interesting. Oh, fascinating. And, you know, there's another one out there. I did this on the Kebab. And in what you, when you really begin to read what the, the, the records that exist, um, this God, this Hebraic God, is an alien. The Kivav was its spaceship. Moses was more fascinated with the spaceship than the deity. He also, Moses apparently also got contaminated uh, with radiation uh, by being too close to this thing. It's, it's a fascinating story. So all that being said, for the last few minutes, where do you see humanity going? Um, you know, some see a, you know, a mass awakening happening. Uh, according to the yuga cycles, we're in, a, we're in an up cycle uh, towards a, you know, a golden age. Um, some think that we're doomed, that we're just going to be so dumbed down and uh, destroyed by the, the, the atmosphere and the food and water that uh, we have no hope and we'll just be eventually robot slaves. Um, and then there's the aspect of the planetary changes that we're seeing. I mean, I saw an article today in mainstream news estimating that humanity only has about 25 years left if we don't make changes to what they're calling, of course, quote, climate change. But, I mean, where do you see it all going? Um, do you think we have a chance? It's odd that you said that because I was getting material for the Steiger perspective. Yes, so I, I pulled out two of DVDs in my library. Number one, remembering the end of the world, 
it's already happened from the golden age that you talked about. And again, the ancient cities of the gods that we have recorded. We know that our ancestors saw Saturn in the nighttime sky that it actually was called the golden light. Um, I'll just be candid in the short time we have here. I think we are truly at a crossroads. Transhumanism is advancing at such a rate. Uh, I am more alarmed by that than anything else. I am seeing the potential totalitarian crackdown on a level that we haven't seen. All the indicators in the bond markets, in the future markets, are pointing to something disastrous coming. Uh, I mean something, a big shock. I don't like what I see uh, Putin and Zing over there making a pact of what's going on. What they're saying is that Iran in the next six months will have a nuclear weapon. Um, when you see that the, the tech titans are pushing for immortality and pushing their dystopian idea of their Yuvana, um, no, Chris, I think that we are, I think there's going to be a small amount of us that escape because it's overwhelming. You know, we have the millennials, we have the Generation Zs, and now the new ones coming in, which I don't even know what they're called yet. Um, but the Generation Zs, they're, 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 they're trapped. They're, their minds are gone. They spend more time on their black mirror devices than they do anything else. They can't think. They can't remember. They can't do any more than what their phone or the latest social media has them doing. This is alarming. Well, we Wayne, see. Go you ahead. know what else is alarming? Um, I had, I think, three videos removed between today and yesterday for community uh, guidelines. Uh, they had to do with 9-11, uh, false flags. I interviewed Ole Damagard, uh, Dr. Fetzer. Those are all gone now um, because of this new wave of censorship. It's, they're trying to shut everybody up. They don't want any information about anything that they don't, you know, they don't control the narrative getting out. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I started being uh, shadow banned uh, I, about three months ago. Um, my channel was growing, you know, 1,500, 2,000 a month, uh, explosive, and now it's regressing. Um, I'm getting audits of supposed now of subscribers that they're telling me that they're auditing my account and suddenly thousands of subscribers are gone. Yeah, this is scary. And I'm just teaching philosophy, magic. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you would think of the things that they are censoring, I mean, there's got to be something to it if they don't want us to, to hear it or see it. Well, I can tell you this. I know from talking to some Congress people. Um, yeah, let them keep on doing this. Uh, there, there is, there is such a backlash forming now with both sides, Democrats and Republicans. Um, this is the type of stuff that is making the Democrats afraid. Because if you see Google now beginning to put this, listen, let's just call it what it is. It's fascism. It's not socialism. It's not communism. This is fascism. It's a modern day book burning. Like yeah, it's exactly what it is. Uh, no different than taking the witches out and burning them at the stake, burning the books, throwing them in the uh, the river in Constantinople. But you know, this is what. Tell me, is this not dictatorship? Every person around the world should be very, very alarmed by this. And so, answering your question, this is the thing I'm not liking. I mean. I, you know, I, I try to be as positive as I can, I, I, and I, I try to edify people, but... So big. It, it's, it's, it's just such an enormous force that's yeah. against us. Uh, my concern is, is that it's going to be something small that's going to start the spark. And I think we're going to... You know, you look at the corn futures. I've been saying this now for the last two months. Um, wait till the spike in prices hit this fall. 
this is going to get crazy. The, the, the balance of what it takes to feed the world and what we're producing now, China, in their bread basket, they're being hit hard. All the bread baskets around the world seem to be, I don't know, or ironically being affected by weather. So you have, give you the number, you have, you basically need 47 billion metric tons to feed the world. This harvest this year is projected to be at 42. So we have reserves, yes. Uh, but remember, this is almost looking like Joseph in the seven years. <laughs> you know, right. it's like, and I, here I spent the whole hour just dinging the whole Old Testament, you know. But hey, some of those stories, you know, <laughs> you, you got to walk away and go, well, I don't know what to say. It, it looks familiar, doesn't it? Right. And, you know, <laughs> that all being said, I think the only thing we can do uh, you know, those of us that are aware and awake, be good to ourselves, make the changes in ourselves we need to see, uh, be good to everyone else, be the best person you can be, and, you know, make your voices heard. If, if you don't like something, express it. Don't just sit there and let things happen. You know, um, I think if more people stood up against some of this tyranny, that it, would, it, would, it may do something, but no one's standing up except for the, the few of us that already are. Well, I, I've had people say, well, you know, Google has the right to anything. That, no, no, that's where you're wrong. If Google was a private company, that'd be a different story. But Google is a publicly traded company. They took money from the public markets. That gives them an obligation to the United States, to its citizens, to uphold the laws. And this is blatant censorship that they're doing. And they're going to get smacked. Uh, listen, I think they're going to be filed in the Justice Department for antitrust and anti-monopolizing of data. I think you're going to see sweeping indictments coming down to many of these CEOs. And uh, Zuckerberg is one. I'm going to tell you what, I'm hearing stories in the Justice Department. That cat is going to be indicted. Um, and I've understood as well, Canada is thinking about the same thing. So is Britain. He's basically giving them all the finger, you know, and this is the problem. So uh, I think there may be a day of justice yet, Chris. I and watch us be banned. This one will probably yeah. be banned. <laughs> this is, this is going to be the show that does it for both of them. Exactly. We're, 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 they were a good uh, channel there at one time. You know, hey, it was, at least it was a good show, you know. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> but it's true. It's yeah. true. It's, it's, and, you know, I don't know. Um, you know, I'm not a Trump supporter or a hater. You know, and listen, I didn't like the last guy that was in there. I didn't like the guy that was in there before. So, you know, you, you kind of just get used to this. You know, it's just yeah, a different face. Me. Yeah. And, you know, I'm thinking to myself, you know, I play chess. I love strategy. And I know something about the art of war. And maybe, you know, they listen to my radio show. I know there's some Congress people that listen. And I'm going to tell them, you know, you don't push your opponent into a corner. Because when you push your opponent into a corner, they no longer have any options. And that's when they have no longer any options, it gets dangerous. I'll leave it at that. Yeah, very well said. Wayne, thank you so much. That was Thanks, an amazing Chris. conversation. And, of course, you're going to have to come back on. You're probably uh, the, on the leaderboard right now as it comes to uh, return guests. <laughs> well, thank you. It's an honor, Chris. I enjoy it. It's, I love your mind. It's, it's open. It's a free mind. And uh, that's what it's going to take. You know, it's the agility. I was thinking earlier. Um, back in the day, I was in ROTC, and I, the, the, the drill sergeant we had, um, I still remember the cat. <laughs> Collins and I can remember him telling us and we were just we were just kids you know ROTC you know I didn't want to go to Vietnam um, and he said the key to survival is flexibility adapting to the situation that's what free thinkers do they adapt to the situation 
Yeah. And you're a great free thinker, Chris. You really are. Well, thank you so much, Wayne. I yeah. appreciate that. And uh, I'll look forward to the next one. Let's do it, my friend. Absolutely. Right. Well, you have a great night. <laughs> All right. Thank you, Chris. All right. Bye-bye. Hello, friends. Have you noticed how much podcasts have grown in popularity over the past few years? We definitely have, and it's insane. We have an opportunity for your business to take advantage of the exponential growth of our podcast by advertising with us. We've been riding the podcast growth wave for a few years now, and we want you to take advantage of this too. We have unbeatable pricing and advertising packages, and we work with you on an individual basis to produce the most effective ad possible for our audience. If you would like to advertise with Forbidden Knowledge News, email me, forbiddenknowledgenews at gmail.com. We look forward to all our new partnerships.